Welcome, everybody. My name is Mikhail Nasrani, and this is Islam for Christians. Episode 22, Quran, Surah 111, Al-Masad, The Palm Fiber. The power of Abu Lahab will perish, and he will perish. His wealth and gains will not exempt him. He will be plunged into flaming fire, and his wife, the wood carrier, will have upon her neck a halter of palm fiber. And now the Arabic, as recited by Saad Al-Ghamdi. In one sense, this story is pretty self-explanatory. Abu Lahab is not a fictional person. He was an actual early enemy of Islam. This explains what will ultimately happen to Abu Lahab and to his wife, and to others like him who rail against Islam. Uh, there is also a larger metaphor at play here, more on that later. But to understand this surah absolutely requires a knowledge of Abu Lahab and his wife. So a little background on this guy, Abu Lahab. You may have noticed that this surah is pretty heavy on fire metaphors, and the things that will burn in the fire. This is not a random thing. It's all a play on the name of Abu Lahab. Abu Lahab means the father of the fire. And as you may have guessed, that's not actually his real name. At birth, he was called Abd al-Uzza, but his father soon called him Abu Lahab due to his red cheeks. This was actually a term of endearment. Um, it's not because he had a fiery temper or anything like that. Abu Lahab was Muhammad's uncle and he was married to the sister of Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan, if you remember from earlier podcasts, was a prominent merchant and a leader of the Quraysh tribe. Abu Sufyan was a chief opponent of Islam, but converted in 630 when Muhammad, and an army from the entire peninsula of Arabia, marched into Mecca. Given this, it was probably rather obvious whose side he was going to take once Muhammad began his public ministry. As Muslims began to experience persecution, Abu Lahab was one of the few key figures in Muhammad's tribe who refused to offer protection to Muhammad himself, making him not only an enemy of Islam, but, from a certain point of view, a traitor to his own family. Actually, Abu Lahab would later denounce his entire clan. Abu Talib, you will remember, was Muhammad's uncle who took him in and raised him. Abu Talib was the head of the Banu Hashim clan, which was within the larger Quraysh tribe. The other clans in the Quraysh would not be so friendly, though. So Abu Lahab was an all-around pain in the butt, even throwing rocks at Muhammad a few times and throwing unspeakably foul garbage on his house. And what happened to him in the end? He died an early death, but not in a battle. So Abu Lahab's name would come full circle. Um, while he was not normally known for temper tantrums, he went completely insane when he heard what had happened at the Battle of Badr, which was the first clash between the Muslims and the Meccans in 624. A freed slave, 
who was a Muslim but still in Mecca, said the wrong thing, and Abu Lahab started to beat him. His sister-in-law, noticing the abuse, split his head open with a tent pole. Abu Lahab died a week later, fulfilling the surah written roughly a decade prior. Like Surah 111 states, his wealth did not protect him. He died at the hands of his own family, and he was plunged into flaming fire. From a certain point of view, he was thrown there by Muhammad and his battlefield success at Badr, meaning the new Muslim success created at Badr created such a flame in Abu Lahab that it cost him his life. And to top it all off, allegedly, some of his relatives had visions of him burning in hell. Then we have Abu Lahab's wife, who is featured in this surah as well. Her name was Um Jamil. And as I mentioned before, she was Abu Sufyan's sister. So why was she a wood carrier, as mentioned in the surah? She used to tie bundles of thorns and other things together and leave them in the paths where Muhammad was known to walk at night. And remember, this was the 7th century, so night was very, very, very dark, making this very dangerous. And among these booby traps were palm fibers, thus the final line of the surah. So basically, the surah is saying she was going to wear her own nasty deeds around her neck. The word for palm fiber here, masad, can also be translated as twisted strands or something similar. So that can also refer to her twisted personality as well, her twisted deeds and the complicated nature of that. Sometimes things can become so twisted it's almost um, impossible to undo them. And you may have also noticed, if she is a wood carrier, that doubles as someone who ignites a fire. And in this case, I'm sure she was more than responsible for igniting fire in Abu Lahab. This surah is actually a response to a specific event involving Abu Lahab, uh, which is something I probably should have mentioned earlier, but it would have gotten in the way of Abu Lahab's really short biography. Early on in his ministry, Muhammad went to the top of one of Mecca's holy hills, in this case, As Safa. Yelling from the top of this hill was a big deal when someone did it, kind of like a modern day fire alarm, or an invading army alarm in this case. Once everyone was gathered, he said, If I were to inform you that enemy warriors are about to fall upon you from behind that hill, would you believe me? Yes, we would, they replied. Remember that Muhammad was nicknamed Al-Amin and was considered a super trustworthy guy. Then he said, I am here to warn you of the coming of the last hour. And then Abu Lahab replied, Was it for this purpose that you gathered us here? May you be doomed. Some versions of this story involve rock throwing, but the point here is that Abu Lahab was acting like a tired person, annoyed that some joker had you know, thrown the fire alarm for no reason. But to Muhammad, hellfire was no small thing. Abu Lahab didn't get it, and he would never get it. So I promised a larger metaphor earlier, uh, and here it is. This surah is a huge overarching promise to anyone who opposes God, his messengers, his religion, his values, his beloved children, all of that. 
It's a promise of destruction to all of God's enemies. Um, another way to think of that, a fun way to think of that, is that it's actually a real version of that fictional Bible verse from the movie Pulp Fiction. I can't do Samuel L. Jackson, so I'll just say it plainly. Um, and also for the benefit of, I'm sure there are people who have not seen that movie. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of the darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. So to imagine a Christian version of Sower 111 or Samuel L. Jackson's speech, I think it would be something similar to Jesus leaving a note behind, you know, just before the crucifixion predicting the futility of those who persecuted him and his later followers. Now, the resurrection isn't really a political triumph, and the ultimate victory was over death rather than the persecutors themselves. So yes, this is an imperfect comparison, but that hypothetical note might talk of what happened to Israel a generation after he was put on the cross. And as for the Romans, how disturbing would it be for a current Roman in that time to see Peter's heir essentially on the throne of Rome centuries later, that person being the Pope. Jesus' followers eventually tied the twisted strands of Rome around its own neck and in time recreated it in Jesus' image. And that same fate befell Abu Lahab. He was killed by someone who had, at least in part, absorbed Muhammad's values and sensibilities regarding the vulnerable. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time, inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.